not. So, live brunch. We are live. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Live Brunch. Not so. Live brunch. Not so. Live brunch. Welcome to another episode of our Not So Live Brunch. I am joined by Joel Virgo, who's just finished speaking to us, and Susie Hosier, who is a student here in Brighton and deeply desired to be a part of the Live Brunch. Yes. So here she is, Susie. Great to <laughs> have you him. with us. Um, Joel, you've just finished speaking to us on the story of Sarai Sarah. Um, do you want to do a quick summary of yeah. your sermon? So uh, we're talking about the, the, the point where God shows up just one year before the birth of Isaac and, and promises that the baby will be born uh, the following year. And it's a kind of point of closure after many years of waiting and uh, longing and having their, their hopes seemingly disappointed. So it's, it's kind of a happy, happy ending to a part of their lives, to a, the main part of their lives in a way, the main, the main kind of fulfillment of their hopes. Um, and it's, it's, it's kind of even got the theme of laughter in there. It's like a happy ending because his name actually means laughter, Isaac. Um, so it's a, it's a happy story, but it shows something of the way that uh, God brings fulfillment and closure in our lives um, in spite of some things that would make us think, you know, that my life can't be fulfilled because I'm going through times of delay or I, look, I feel like I'm just being ignored by God. I'm just kind of in obscurity and everything's happening out there, but not around me. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in the corner, I'm in, you know, in the background. And also we're sometimes very aware of our own failings and weaknesses in faith. I've not even got faith. So the whole thing is, is impossible anyway, because I haven't got faith. And, uh, and the wonderful thing is that although she's got weak faith, God honors her with a weak faith, in spite of the fact it's not as weak, it's not as strong as her husband's, but it doesn't matter. She's still got faith that he requires. Um, so yeah, that was that's a kind of summary. Brilliant, brilliant. Um, as always, we kick off the show by helping you with some questions for small group discussions. Again, you can sign up to a small group. We are emmanuel.com forward slash small groups. But if you're in a small group, here are some questions to help you apply the sermon. And this time we have five questions. Usually we do three, but oh. Joel decided oh. you needed Big five okay. questions. I didn't realize those. I, you could just cut the last two away there. Well, let's, yeah, now that you said five, let's give them all okay, five. Okay, let's do let's, that. Let's give the people all five. <laughs> the first question, have you examples in your life of the Lord's purpose in a, in a delay, becoming clearer after the time of the delay? Are there any particular delays you are facing now? Uh, that, that is, things that the Lord has not yet done that he has promised for you. Uh, do you think you need to let go of some Ishmael's? Mm. So Ishmael's would be your own ideas, hopes and solutions, which God did not endorse. Fourth question, are you tempted to disbelieve in his watchful care over you specifically? Does it seem that he is only interested in those with strong faith, but not in you? Can you see how Sarah's story might comfort you? And the fifth question, have you examples of God working bad things together for good in your life? Five really good questions, thank yeah, you. Yeah, really good. Um, and so, so Susie, you said you wanted to look at mm. all of the questions. Hey, yeah, gonna, <laughs> You've got something to that's share That's why we're not dropping any. I'm going to smush them. Yeah, I think I guess I'm going to smush the Ishmael one and the, what was the last one? Good yeah, working, good. They all, they all flow. Um, so I, medicine, being a doctor, was something I felt like God spoke over my life in hindsight. 
like what you were saying in your preach about, we can take up these ideas and be like, God spoke that, and then claim it, and it can become a bit of an Ishmael, and it's not actually something he's, like, he's spoken for you to do. Anyway, the way I pursued this goal essentially became idolatrous. I was giving my everything to it. And I think when good things, so being a doctor is a good thing, but when it becomes a God thing, it was an idol, and it was actually enslaving me. Like when, with Ishmael, when we make our own solutions, and we're like, this is what, we make a thing that we think God's going to use us with, and it's not actually something he's spoken, just became a bit of an idol. Um, and so I was, I was chained to this thing. And I think I realised through just lots of things deteriorating, like my mental health, that it wasn't for me. And I decided to step away. And last year was a period of like, well, God, what next? Like, I feel like this is something you spoke. Now I'm in this season of delay of what do I do? Like, this is what I was running for. I thought it was what you'd used me for, but now I see I was worshipping that instead of you. I was worshipping my achievements instead of you. And um, just long story short, he opened the door and he led me back to Brighton and I'm doing something else. But I think in it, I just see God working so much for our good. Like, I love what you picked up on with, like, Sarah. It's in our weakness, like, he comes to us. His grace is that it might... I was walking in sin and I was idolising and I was living in a way that wasn't giving God glory. But he still comes to us and mm. does good to us and is faithful to us and he loves us and he restores us. And I think at the moment I'm in such a spacious place and there are many things now that I can see that it was God's hand to bring me back. And I'm living in like the good of, like we're always in a spacious place in Jesus, but I'm in such a spacious place now. Mm. And it's like, he just did it. I remembered that actually in like July last year, I was like, God, I don't know. I, I don't know if this is right. I was really terrified to come to Brighton because I was like, what if, it's, what if I make a mistake again? And it's like, actually, no, as you say, in, in his timing, like the timing, the delay has a purpose and he's working it out even when we can't see it. Mm. And we are living in the goodness of you coming back to Brighton. We <laughs> are, indeed. You back, Susie. We are so much. It's um, good. I think it's really helpful. So, uh, how, what would you suggest to people if mm. they're saying, hmm, how do I know if this is a good thing or a God thing? Yeah. This, this, seems, this sounds good, and like you said, pursuing uh, becoming a doctor is, is a noble calling, mm. uh, especially in these times. When do you think, okay, I think this is an Ishmael versus, no, maybe this is something that God's called me to, and I need to work really hard really and give myself to it. Uh, any, anything that you would say? I think for me, the crunch point was, like, if my purpose, which I believe it is, is to glorify and enjoy God, I wasn't doing that because I was, like how I was going after it, how I was loving it, there was like a tension of like, it eclipsed my glory of God. And I wasn't enjoying him even. An amazing thing of the gospel is we're called to enjoy God. And I like, it's not necessarily like, it's like you must do medicine or he wants us to love him and to abide in him and to love others to him. And it's not like, oh, Susie, you must be a doctor. It's like, can I wasn't in a position where I could, I could do that because of the pressure that I was putting myself under. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think, Brilliant. wanting to be able to give because some people can be doctors and I'm so grateful like in <laughs> COVID we need them right yeah, yeah. but I think for me it was a crunch of I want to glorify God with everything in this position with this stress I can't just my personality wow. I don't think I was made for that um, wow. and he just graciously showed me that so yeah that's very good that is so good we, we've just got a lot of from Susie already but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> let's stick on with Thanks. the show and, and carry on <clears throat> uh, you talked about sexual gratification Joel and, uh, and I guess like you know all the, the, I guess, the problems and, and the stuff that, that it could bring. Um, in the news, and uh, uh, it might be old news, but it's still a little bit part of the conversation, Matt Hancock. And I was listening to the Guardian podcast while I was walking in this morning, and um, the kind of, the person on the, I don't know how he has these insights into what happened, 
But he said it, it all started with Matt Hatkonk had done his uh, press briefing and came back into his office and had a phone call from The Sun saying, we're about to release these images that we found uh, of you and um, Gina Calangelo. Uh, and yeah, we're about to release it, there's anything to say. And it seems he hung up and he got to the phone to his wife straight away to say she had to confess to her that this is, this is what's happened. And kind of you begin to see the humanity of behind this story that these are human beings that are hugely <laughs> impacted by this. The next thing he had to do was wake up his daughter, his eight-year-old daughter, and explain to her that his marriage with her mom was now over because of this other relationship that he he developed. And soon the whole country, all her friends, people in school, everybody, yeah. are going to publicly know what has happened. The, the horrible picture of seeing the press outside Martha Hancock's home and she yeah. just walking yeah. away, just the absolute devastation of yeah. what he did. Um, I mean, personally, I haven't engaged any of the memes or the stuff mocking it because it's like these are people's lives that are yeah. involved and even sh pictures of her leaving her family home and I think they are, they've moved in together to to pursue this this relationship but absolute devastation across his career his family her family possibly her career mm. stuff that's hugely blown up um if Matt Hancock was watching this or if he was a part of our church what would you say to him what would I say to him if he, what, if he came in this church now? Yeah. And uh, I'd say, why are you here? <laughs> and and if, if he was, I'd, I'd be interested in to know what's going on in his heart. Yeah. Um, because I, I hope that the guy would, would start to feel that he needs Jesus. Um, and if, if that were so, then I would be, I would be the, I'd be deeply privileged to be the person that gets to tell him that uh, the worst kind of shame, even national, shame that gets picked up by the universe can be forgiven and completely covered and God can treat it as having been done and dealt with forever. Um, that would be a great honour. <laughs> um, so that's what I'd hope to tell him. That's what I'd love to tell him. I think that's what we all need, you know, we, we, however devastating it is and however kind of sickly, it's kind of, you know, I, I, don't, I imagine most of us have gone through a range of emotions, including I don't know, a level of, of disdain that would border on hatred. You know, do you know what I mean? It's not always good. You start feeling, get, get very judgmental in my heart and get very angry. And mm. But to be able to say, actually, do you know what? God's forgiven me for things yeah. that, would, that, that are evil. And uh, the difference is that, you know, this is, this is the world has been invited to watch. One day everything will be uncovered according to the Bible. You know, the fact that it goes sort of into media volcanic levels of media awareness in a way it's just a little taster of what the bible says will happen when when it says the books are open the judge of the world will do judging publicly mm. and uh, it's not it's not wise for us to sort of think well he's he's therefore the guy the the baddie when actually you no know, we'll all find that we're all the baddies and and uh, we'll need to we'll need desperately the bible says that the wicked will cry for the rocks to fall on them to mm. cover them to keep them from the the uh, the lamb the wrath of the lamb it's like this is this is this when it when it's that horrifying when the whole nation just seems to land on on one man and his situation it kind of it ought to bring a sense of the fear of God but to know that there's still a, a savior who reaches out and says I I'm willing to forgive mm. and, and uh, renew you it's just amazing and uh, I hope that happens I really do it'd be extraordinary wouldn't it and there are stories of 
people like that, people in the public eye that God reached out to, mm. maybe that will happen. Mm. Brilliant. Um, let's, let's, let's look at some questions about the sermon that mm. you just heard. Kicking off the first question, you looked at Sarah's faith and you looked at Abraham's faith. And I think one of your, your closing points was how um, it can be a challenge living in the shadow of someone with enormous faith mm. and mm. we find ourselves leaning on them. Um, and then, of course, you, you mentioned that, but we do lean on Jesus and we lean yeah. on our, our, our true husband. Um, but also, <laughs> but, I mean, this shouldn't really be a but, but I guess a, a practical question in that is, is, I'm sure the Lord would want people to develop in their faith and to develop each individual's faith. Yes. Um, what would you say to somebody who feels like I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of leaning in a, a bigger faith, but I also want God to develop my faith? Um, I think that the, the, in this story, um, the way God deals with Sarah, the, the one who's apparently weaker in faith, is very kind. Uh, it's very uh, gentle. Um, there, is a, there is a correction. She's questioned on her laughing. And it's like there's a kind of sense of that she feels she feels afraid, but the the uh, the overall picture is overwhelming kindness and gentleness. And um, I think that for the person that is aware of a a, 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 f a sort of failure or weakness in their faith, um, will do well to spend time remembering God's particular kindness and gentleness to them. Or willingness to reach out to them in their in their kind of weakness and strengthen and restore you know that we love those verses like in Isaiah where it says that you know he, a, a, a smoking wick he won't snuff out and a bruised reed he will not break that, that uh, Jesus like when a flame is flickering and it looks like it's going to be blown out any second and it's, it's like just his, his way is to nurse it back into health, get it, get it strong, breathe into it and, and give it some air, give it some hope, get, you know, protect it from the wind. That's his way with us. Um, and so if we feel our faith is weak, to know that he is kind and gentle in the midst of it will be a lot more useful than the sense of, uh, of us having to try and, if only I could just get more faith. That doesn't really work anyway. Faith in itself is, it, all it really is, is confidence in his greater than us, him being great, him being everything we need. And, and so being aware of our weakness is sometimes the beginning of strength, actually. That's, that's how it should be, so, yeah. Would, you, would there be any practical steps in which you can grow in faith? Yeah, I, I think um, they, they are pretty, pretty much the ones probably most people would um, expect us to say, but I think they're ones that we probably do well to just keep reminding, just keep, keep on coming back to this book and allowing the promises of God to just become more and more your concentration, your meditation. Um, that's how Abraham grew in faith. He, he, kept, he kept giving glory to the one who promised. It says in Romans chapter four that he, 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 he it's, it's a question of what I suppose you're giving your mind to, which is a battle. I mean, it's not, it's not a, I personally don't find it a simple thing. I don't think it's a, necessarily a, a flick of a switch. Sometimes we, we caricature it in a way that's a little unhelpful. I think that faith is something we need to um, deliberately grow in by, by, by the focus of our mind. What, what has God said? And, and renewing our mind with it, being, being deliberate about what we're meditating on, what, we, what we're reminding ourselves of. Um, so I, simple as that, going back to the promises of scripture and, and giving our minds to them is, is key. Superb. Um, another question. I don't think you, you mentioned this in your sermon, but it is in the 
passages that were in the chapters, that, the verses that were read. There seems to be a strange emphasis here on Abraham's act of hospitality. Mm. With the three strangers, <laughs> what's going on here? I think that's a really interesting question. I, I don't think I know the answer to it in, in, in a final, definitive way, but um, I, I, it's fascinating, isn't it? That it's, I mean, the Bible does su keep surprising us, and that's one, it does it so that we ask. You know, it's good for us to think. You know, it says in Proverbs, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing. It's the glory of, of men, it's the glory of kings to seek it out. Mm. So if we get bits of the Bible, we think, what's that there for? That's a good question. That's a very good question. If you think, I don't get why that paragraph is in the Bible, right. Find out, give some time. And I think one of the things that occurred to me when I was looking at it, and one of the commentators made this point that I found fascinating, but Abraham, it says he stood up while these three are sitting to their meal. And it's, uh, it's interesting, he, he fixes a meal for them. It's like he's, he's serving God. I mean, it's, there's no question that this is, it seems to me, a, a, a manifestation of God, what we, the, we might call a Christophany, it's God the Lord Jesus Christ being revealed in, in an Old Testament story. And so it's very exciting. It's like Jesus is right there sitting, eating with these, these it seems perhaps Jesus and two angels, and it's all mysterious, but it's, it's glorious. Jesus is right there. And, uh, and, and Abraham is, is preparing a meal for him, which in itself is interesting. Like, isn't Jesus the one that prepares for us? He's the one that serves us. He's the one that... So somehow Abraham is being brought into this fellowship with him to enjoy food together, but he's standing back while Jesus and his companions are seated. And one of the commentators said, this is a kind of a, a journey that seems to happen through the Bible, where actually that's, that's the posture of worship from the beginning. You've got, and then you've got, after Abraham, you've got Israel having their, their priesthood where there's sacrifice and food, but it's done very carefully. The ritual, only a few priests can do it. Just specially chosen, selected people can come in and it's very careful, careful dress, careful, everything is ritualized. And is that what God's like? Does he, does he want us to just feel stiff and scared whenever we come in and sit with him? Or stand even, you don't really get to sit. But then we get into the New Testament, we get Jesus the priest and it says that he sat down and but it also says he says many will come from all the nations and sit at abram's table sit at the banquet and, he, and he's talking about people who aren't jewish not priests from outside of the whole priesthood will be able to come and sit down and it's it's like it's it's like the bible is telling this story all the way through of of god's desire to have a meal with us <laughs> to literally sit and be intimate with us but it's a journey, it's taken centuries and it's taken centuries of it being difficult and awkward and clunky and painful. Why? Because of sin, because of the division between us and God. It's not an easy thing, but God's made a way so beautifully through Jesus that when he sat down to dinner with his friends, uh, it says that John, his friend, literally had his head on his chest. They literally, they were kind of hanging out that close. They just literally head on each other's chest. They're mm -hmm. such good friends. God this wants is like us. Pre COVID times when you can <laughs> yes, right, yeah, together social distancing. Yeah. So, but it, it's, it's, do you see that, that, that arc, that the Bible, the whole story just is, it, and so I think Abram's kind of patient, humble, mm. holding back, but wanting to be friendly. Mm. And for us to know what the privilege is that we, we get to take bread and wine and just be with Jesus. Mm. And, um, and in the future, we'll get to be with him in a more intimate way than, than that. And mm. uh, it's, it's a glorious thing that God wants to invite us into that intimacy. Wow, that's so, brilliant. 
me neither i think well a lot of things you've already said i think in times of waiting or delay where it doesn't seem clear it's coming back to who god is it's not like relying on our strength or on our character or on our track record or how we can see it like where it says um in scripture to trust in the lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding I find that really convicting and like lean not on like how well i can make plans or how even the logic of the world works out because god's wisdom is so different and it's like it it's just it's hard it is hard but it's like it's coming back that god isn't a liar he is the covenant keeping god so the things he said he will do no matter how it feels right now so it's doing that it's getting people alongside you it's a lot of things but it's hard it's not easy mm-hmm. but it's like god is so for us in that place mm-hmm. like even if we while we're struggling in it he's still working like again i love it it says in scripture he is always working um it's like it's not on us god's working he's got yes. it yeah it was brilliant brilliant i think i'd just say that the 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 confidence that he's got a finishing line mm. is is important um when we think that we're running aimlessly it, it it kills you know that that story of that swimmer that did a that 30 mile swim but because the fog was so low she couldn't see mm. the finishing line mm. and she gave up she got in the boat and when the mist cleared she realized she could have easily done it easily but she couldn't see and <clears throat> i think being able to just see um the finishing line is mm. it makes all the difference and and just we, we, you know we just sometimes i don't know when this is going to end this is i'm waiting for so long i don't know when it's going to end it's very hard but to know he does have a finishing line he he there is there's a, he mm. he's he's planned it he's prepared it it's not I, I, and it gives it gives us i think strength to wait to That's endure so good. yeah i remember quite recently without going into the details of the story and because you we also uh, we're running out of time uh, i prayed with somebody who has a prophetic gifting mm. about a situation where the, i was just like why is this not why are we not seeing any breakthrough in this we've been praying about this for for so long not seeing any mm. breakthrough seeing, it feels like going backwards uh, and he prayed with me and, he, and then he shared a picture that he he had um which was just really refreshing and encouraging and i thought oh great god spoken but the thing came to pass the next week yeah. i was like oh wow uh, it's like god revealed okay yeah. I, i have a plan and and this is what it could look like and so i think praying with people with a prophetic gifting is, is yes, wonderful yes. i mean if you, maybe you don't know who has a prophetic gifting and that's okay yeah. but i think just praying within community and and within maybe bring it up in your small group uh speak to your site leader uh, just there are people around mm. who who is just great to pray with and, and not feel like you've got to carry this burden or this delay by yourself but we've run out of time and thanks so much for uh for sticking with us thanks for being with us Susie and Joel and Joel you're preaching again next week yes woo yeah we've got two in a row what a treat for you and for <laughs> us, us. <laughs> what are you speaking to us uh, next week i've about uh, when abraham prayed for sodom and gomorrah when oh, wow. he prayed that god would spare the city well, yeah great and we've got that we've got that to look forward to next week we'll be have we'll have our not so live brunch again next week but thanks so much for joining us and have a great weekend